Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Well, I've thought of a way to make this very simple so you will understand. Would you please give me a spotlight? Do you get what I'm saying now? This is not about you. This is about me being in the spotlight where I deserve to be. Hello. Welcome, everyone, to the spotlight. I'm Jeremy Lambert, joined, as always, by Steven Jensen. Jensen, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. <clears throat> and happy birthday to Jeremy today. So, Jeremy, it's his birthday. Everyone make sure to say happy birthday in the chat. Um I did not know today was your birthday until pretty much right before the show because so I thought you were trolling the other day when uh so me and SP3 did a, a recent rankings over on Fightful Overbooked yes. of Nickelodeon uh television shows from uh, from our childhood and we ranked SpongeBob as like pretty mid because like we were already kind of out of you Nickelodeon guys, you got that suck and and I remember you saying like you're not invited to the spotlight on my birthday and I thought that was like I didn't realize that was like this Thursday. I thought that you were just like, you were just being petty, like a little kid being like, you're not invited to my birthday party. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, wait. So it is. I was not being petty, Steven Jensen. You're not invited. You're not on the show today. I'm kicking you off because you are wrong about SpongeBob. My dad looked right here. You are wrong about SpongeBob. All right. SpongeBob is the best show in the world. Look at this. Look what I got for my birthday, everybody. It's a SpongeBob Lego set. Look at that. I'm going to put this together today. Yeah. You guys are wrong ranking SpongeBob mid. Very Bullshit. mid. Kai is correct. Kai is correct. And Kai says, Happy birthday, Jeremy. Thank you, Kai. Leave super chats. Leave. Leave comments, leave whatever you would like. We're, we're here to have some fun today. We're here to have fun every single Thursday here on the show, but especially today because it is my birthday. I'm just getting older. Jensen, we got a lot to talk about. It's been another, it's been another yeah. week. It's been another week in the world of wrestling. Yeah, we got plenty to talk about. 
<laughs> let's uh, let's get into it. I mean, where, where do you want to start? AEW or let's start with <clears throat> AEW. We're going. I'm old and I'm fucking tired, and I work with fucking children. I'm tired of wrestling these kids that think they uh, they know everything. <laughs> that's the new AEW intro. Yeah, it, has <laughs> I mean, it has to be. As much as it, as much as it bothers me, it, it, it has to be. <laughs> Two people who are not children. Steven Jensen, two people who I think CM Punk kind of sort of liked or likes. Uh, Brian Danielson and John Moxley. They are meeting in the finals of the AEW title tournament next Wednesday at AEW Dynamite Grand Slam. We're going to crown a new champion. It's going to be Danielson. It's going to be Moxley. It's one or the other. How you booking this, Jensen? How you booking this title tournament for next week? I mean, I think I think your goat's got to get the dub here. For a few reasons, you know, um, I love John Moxley. Like, I'm always going to be cool with him being AEW champion. I think he rightfully deserves, you know, that that kind of title of being the ace of of all elite wrestling. I totally buy into that. Love how he's. I love how Moxley has really like stepped up when he needed to. Like, and, and it's you know he's supposed to have time off right now, and he even now he's like he's cutting these promos about becoming a legend, and like it just I. I love what Moxley's doing while also concurrently, I mean like parallel, he's, he's having this GCW world title run as well that like, so I just, I, I love, love what John Moxley's doing. Um, but I think it just makes the most sense for if Moxley is going to take a little bit of time off, which he obviously deserves. Um, and then on top of that, you know, Danielson is just, he's Danielson. Like no one's going to, who would ever have a problem with Brian Danielson being the world champion of your company? Like he's always going to be credible, right? Like he's always going to be a guy who can carry your title. So I, uh, I think it just makes sense. Like, and, and I like that it's the Blackpool combat club and it'll be like, a, I think it'll be like a respectful, like one-on-one contest and they'll shake hands afterwards and, you know, be the best man win type thing. But yeah, I think, I think it's all kind of, all signs kind of point towards Danielson uh, winning this thing, in my opinion, although the, the only the only thing that throws it off at all is how clearly they want to do uh, MJF and Moxley again. Yeah. And if that, but that doesn't necessarily need to be for the title. If they still have MJF beat Moxley before he becomes a champion, that still means a lot just to beat Moxley. I feel like, especially because he lost to him in their world title match, you know, a couple of years ago. So um, I feel like it's gotta be Danielson. What about you? I think it's Danielson as well, even though Moxley, He's been on an incredible run since returning yeah. earlier this year. He's he's won the interim title. He's even won the undisputed title, even though he only held it for a week and a half. But it seems like it's Danielson's time right now. You were right about MJF and, and Moxley being – they're clearly setting that up with that MJF promo. Not only last, or last night, but last week as well with Moxley mm-hmm. interrupting him. And the title is an important piece to that because both of them mentioned the title in that i don't want moxley to have like another sort of short run though because if he wins it next week then you have full gear if you do mjf and moxley at full gear that's a month and a half like that's not terrible but it feels like moxley deserves like a strong run with with this title and month and a half doesn't feel quite long enough i would go danielson i would wait on the MJF thing with, with Danielson, I would, I would do MJF Moxley at full gear, find somebody else for Danielson at full gear and then do MJF and Danielson. You probably stretch that to revolution 
honestly. If not, you can do it at a, a big, you can do a dynamite special. Like winter is coming. They love to put a title match on that show. So you can do uh, MJF and Danielson on that show where he cashes in his chip. But I, I think Danielson's the play here. No, no offense to Moxley, who's been incredible. It feels like something we've just sort of seen all year. And Danielson feels a little bit fresher. Yeah. Well, and I, I really, I agree big time with the, you know, I wouldn't want Moxley to win it and then just like lose it again right away. Um, and I would want Danielson to have an actual run with the title. Like you said, the, 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 the key to all of it is MJF and the timeline of of when they want him to be the champion, because I feel like when he cashes in that chip, he has to win. Um, so it's really kind of pick your poison as far as like, do you want MJF to win the title like a month from now? Cause if that's the case, then you might as well like put it back on Moxley. You know what I mean? And like, then wait on maybe Danielson having like a real title run a little bit later on. But at the same time, I feel like, if we learned anything from like the whole CM Punk fiasco and stuff, like you, you probably should just do what you want to do while you can, you know, like if you want to have Danielson be your champion, like don't, I'm not saying cause like Danielson is going to like, you know, do what Punk did and like, you know, or, but you know, Danielson, he has his injuries and stuff. You know, you just never, you never know. My, my point is like, if you want, you have Brian Danielson right now and he's healthy. And if you want a world title run uh, with him in AEW, if you're Tony Khan, now is probably the time to do it before, like, you know, just in case, like you just never know how long any of these guys and, and girls and, you know, non-binary wrestlers, like whoever you got on your roster, like you're in today's landscape, especially with people like, you know, Malachi Black reportedly, you know, you know, getting his release or at least them working something out. And you know, I just, you know what I mean? I just feel like right now it's really like kind of an uncertain time and a lot of people moving around and, reports of like the elite maybe you wanted to go to WWE and like all this stuff it's like so if you're AEW and you want Danielson to have a title run now's probably time to do it just in case like because you do have him right now like do it same with MJF though honestly like you you know his contract's up in two years like or less than two years probably now like you know so I'm, I'm I guess my advice really at the end of the day is if you're AEW and you're Tony Khan don't stretch all this stuff out too long because you might not have an opportunity to do some of this stuff. All the stuff we wanted out of CM Punk, we may not get now. You know what I mean? Like there was years worth of booking that is just going to be thrown out the window because of that. So, um, but yeah, but I'm with you. Like I think Danielson makes the most sense, especially if they're going to stretch out MJF a little bit longer before he's going to win the title. That's a good point about just go ahead and do what you have while it's in front of you. I Danielson's under contract for another couple of years. Um, so I, there, I don't think there's any worry there. There is like, there's always injury concern with, with Danielson. It's exaggerated of like how injury prone he is, but he literally, he, he suffered another concussion earlier this year. So mm-hmm. it, he, that's possible that he gets injured in some sort of match. They were, they were selling an ankle injury at the end of the match last night against Jericho. I think that'll probably play into his match against Moxley a little bit, but there, there's always the injury concerns with Danielson uh, with MJF. There is, you know, the 2024 thing. I think they're going to use that as a big storyline. And that's why I think the longer you can delay MJF, the better it is because I don't need that storyline taking up more time than it needs to take up. So if you do, if you have him win in February and then that's basically the majority 
of 2023 is his title run being that okay. I don't need that running from November to November of next year, November, December of next year. I don't need a year long MJF title reign where it's just completely, Hey, contract coming up in 2024. Like I, it's not something I'm super interested in. I understand why they're going to do that because they brought it up on television so much. But if you can start that in February as opposed to November, it's a little bit more palatable for, for me. Uh, but yeah, you're right about just, hey, you got Danielson. You never know with him. Go ahead, put the belt on him and do the cool shit you want to do with Brian Danielson. The biggest thing to me, let, let this man John Moxley take his vacation. Right. This man was supposed to have, uh, according to, to Robert Anthony, six week vacation afterwards. Like let, let the let the man go out, go fishing, be with his wife, be with his kid. Let him have his time off. Bring him back if you're going to do the MJF match at full gear. You can heat that up very quickly. Uh, you don't you don't need Moxley there at every single television to to heat that thing up. You can still have a couple weeks off. Bring him back. Really heat that thing up. Uh, the, the few weeks before full gear and then, then go from there. But yeah, let, let John Moxley, let that man rest a little bit. He's been, he's been on a run. He's got to do the, the gauge match in mm-hmm. that's early October anyway. Much, so yeah. he ain't going to have too much of a vacation regardless. Cause he's got to do, he's got to do that match anyway, but yeah, let that, let that man rest a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I'm really, I'm really looking forward to the gauge match. Obviously the, the big rematch for the title. Um, and that's another thing that, that plays into this too. Like two things real quick. First with MJF, I think that's a really good point about um the 2024. Like I do think that would make a lot more sense if they held off the title run too closer to when his contract was up so that it was, that was more of the kind of thing in the back of everyone's mind of like MJF is our champion and he, his contract is up in like X amount of months. And that kind of almost becomes like a countdown of like, how, you know, we got to get the title off him by this day kind of thing um in storyline um and then uh and then with the gcw world title with gage and mox uh you know that's another thing that we've talked about on the show a little bit and another reason why moxley probably won't win this match because if if nick gage is going to defeat john moxley for the gcw title next month he's not going to do it while john moxley is the current AEW world champion so and that's and that's you know obviously not a knock to nick gage mdk uh, obviously I'm a massive GCW fan. Um, and, and I, I'm a, I'm a big gauge and a big Mox guy. So like, I, I honestly, personally, I'd, I'd love to see Mox retain the title. If I'm being completely honest, cause I really like what he's done as GCW champion, but I also don't want to see Nick Gage retire. And that's the stipulation. And I have a feeling that Gage is going to win the title back. So the, by, the reason I bring all that up though, is because if John Moxley beats Brian Danielson, and he's holding the AW title and next month rolls around and he still has that championship. Then like, their Gage probably will not be winning that match. It's kind of a tell on on that match because once again, if you're Tony Khan, I understand it. You wouldn't want your world champion losing outside of your company. Like I, I totally get why you wouldn't want to do that. Um, so the timing is kind of perfect for Mox. Also, like you can take your time off. You can you know come back, drop that title to to Gage, take a little more time off or whatever, and then come back just refreshed, ready to go. And that's one more thing I want to bring up about John Moxley real quick. That's like so impressive is not just the way that he stepped up for AEW and for, and for really 
every everywhere he's involved like he doesn't have to do gcw at all the guy's a multi-millionaire one of the biggest stars in wrestling on you know mainstream television every week pay-per-view draw like he doesn't have to do gcw he's doing that for the love of the game you know what i mean like it's just cool that he wants to be involved in that i think it's so badass but like when it comes to AEW, when you know this punk stuff happens and the elite suspended and all this stuff's going on there's all this confusion and uncertainty and you have some some big injuries as well not not only is it so impressive that moxley has stepped up to be that guy to be that ace for AEW. he did it after like being at like his like all-time low personally like that, that just like really means even more to me you know what i mean like he was he had his own like big problems that he was dealing with and like went and fixed it and got better and now he went from a guy who feels like he probably couldn't even like trust himself for a while to where like now everyone on the roster can trust him you know like i think that's just a really cool it's 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 inspiring it's it's cool for i think a lot of people to see that are struggling with stuff and knowing like you think you might be helpless but look at someone like john moxley who overcame his addiction his, his physically he looks so much better than he did before he he left i mean and mentally the way that he talks he, everything just seems so much clearer for him and now he's that guy that like everyone can come to and rely on i mean i just think it's i think it's really really cool i i i think he i think john moxley deserves a lot of credit for turning his life around personally and also um for just really stepping up when AEW needed it this year i mean i'm i'm 100 with you like moxley He's been on an incredible run since returning in January. And you're right that he's become an inspiration for, for a lot of people just overcoming everything. And then what he's been able to do and yeah, John Moxley, he's that that's the fucking man right there. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know how it's to, to really put it, but that, that dude, he's the man that promo he cut last week. I, I know we didn't really talk about it because last week was so like punk centric, but right. That was complete fire from him. The, that promo and yeah yeah i would not i wouldn't begrudge aw if they just put the belt on moxley because you kind of sometimes you just got to put the put the belt on your hottest star and as much as i love brian danielson there's no doubt that john moxley is the hottest star in the company right now and he, he carries the belt with a lot of pride he does he, you know he, he does all the independent shows and the the way he does his promos just the, the way he he carries himself in the aura he has with himself is is above everyone else and yeah sometimes you gotta put the belt on that guy but it's also brian danielson and yep. that's that's my goat and i i it's not that danielson is a level below moxley in any capacity i think everybody's a level below this version of john moxley right now um i i just want to see them switch it up a little bit and moxley is at a point where he doesn't need the belt to to be represented the way he's represented it's almost very tanahashi-esque of you know you want to talk about aces of like yeah we know tanahashi's like the guy he doesn't need the belt to, to prove he's the guy same, same with john cena like when right. john cena was at the very top he didn't always need the belt they still put it on him but you knew john cena was the face of that company even if he didn't have the belt and i feel that way with john moxley right now as he doesn't need it i still see him as the face of AEW. yeah i'm with you and and i mean also something that we haven't even really touched on i'm thinking about how good a world title match between mjf and brian danielson would be like the in ring, 
Like that was that was gonna oh, be yeah. an awesome match. I mean, so the only reason I wouldn't put the belt on Danielson, the only reason would be strictly if he didn't want it. If it was like a Shawn Michaels type situation from like when he returned and he was like he got like his one like you know world title run out of the way in that elimination chamber, and then after that he was like there was multiple times throughout that like that return run where they wanted to put the belt on Sean and Sean was like, I don't want to be the champion. Like it needs to be other people. That's the only reason I would say not to put the belt on Danielson is if he's like, if he's advocating against it for whatever reason, if he wants other people to hold it, he wants other, wants to do other things in the company that, which I doubt, you know, I, I'd imagine he wants to be the AEW world champion. Um, so, so yeah, but here's the good thing, Jeremy, and this happens so often in AEW, both options rule. Like whether yeah. it's Moxley or Danielson, I don't think anyone's going to be disappointed. And then we know eventually it's going to go to MJF, which we have a lot to look forward to there. So, you know, the only, and this is the double-edged sword of, of AW booking and storytelling. I love their long-term storytelling. I love it. I think it's like the, the most well-done storytelling in all of wrestling. Um, especially when you look at the stories with like Hangman and Omega and stuff like that. Like I, I, but it's, it's risky. It's just risky to do that right now. I feel like and not for any, not any in particular wrestler that I'm talking about here. It's just once again, with the, with the current landscape and with triple H taking over and with people potentially jumping around or people wanting out or people wanting in or whatever's going on right now. I just feel like it's hard to like set up plans to book like a two year storyline. You know what I mean? Knowing that like, six months from now, you might not have access to all the aspects of the storyline you want to run. So like I, once again, Danielson isn't really a, a part of this because he, he's, he has multiple years, I believe left, but Hey, so did Malachi Black. He had like five years on his deal and it sounds like he might not be there. Going. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. So I'm just saying, like, you just I mean, Adam Cole, same thing. He's out like five years and he's with his buddies and everything, but like what if his buddies are leaving? And like he's like, you know, Triple H is my guy, you know, and, and Bobby Fish is over there and Roddy's over there and like Kyle's heard, and you know what I mean? Like I, there's, I just feel like it's just kind of an uncertain. Um, it, but but as, but for fans, it's exciting as hell because like I even people you can hear all these things that I've said about the WWE the last few years that have been like really negative. I'm really optimistic about their their current situation, especially if they can get a few more of these people to come back that I'm a big fan of. Like so, anyway, but my my point is there's there's a lot of there's a lot of trickle down with this like. It's a big decision to make who your champion is going to be. Um, and I think it's fine. Once again, it's going to be awesome, whether it's Moxley or it's Danielson. But we do have to get to MJF as the champion at some point. And I don't want them to wait too long 
because once again, this was all supposed to be MJF beating CM Punk for the title yeah. after years worth of story. So you know what I mean? And now we might not get well, any of that. They they pivoted well, and this is why I think Danielson's the correct call here, because they're telling a story with Danielson. The the first story is beating three former champions, Hangman, Jericho, Moxley. Three former champions. The second story is beating men he previously did not defeat. Hangman, they went to a draw, him and Hangman the first time. Hangman beat him the second time. Jericho beat him the first time, and they they said it last night, like he's never beaten Jericho going back to the WWE days. And then Moxley, Moxley beat him at Revolution. Right. So you're, you're telling multiple match. stories yeah. with Danielson here if he if he wins this thing of beating three former champions and beating guys he previously he hasn't beaten this year in AEW. They all held victories over him this year in AEW, and now he's going to beat them in consecutive weeks. So they've done a good job like pivoting with that, and that's why I think Danielson's the call here because I think that's the story they're overall going with. And it, they could tell the story of Moxley wins, and then Danielson at some point down the line just he has to try to overcome moxley this is the guy that he has lost to twice he lost to in two very big matches and now he has to try to overcome moxley even though they're 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 in the same group you can go a full-blown heel with brian danielson of like i'm tired of this i gotta beat this guy that's a that, that's a more long-term story but like you said we ain't guaranteeing these long-term stories right now because we don't know where Danielson's going to be a year from now, where Moxley's going to be a year from now. So sometimes you do just got to kind of book what's in front of you. And what's in front of you is this story of Danielson overcoming guys, former champions and guys who have beaten him this year. And that's where I just think they're overall going with this. And yes, MJF is, I think the, the final play here. Bad company bill says uh, winter is coming is on long Island too. I don't know. If that's good, well, if, 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 but if, if, it, if that's the case, that's like, that's where you do it. Yeah. 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 That, that's the, that's where you give MJF like his, his big victory. And again, they like doing the, the title matches at winter is coming. And that's where they did uh, Kenny oh, winning the title. Yeah. So instinct. Yeah, I, right. So I think that you, you don't need to hold on. You don't need to do that at, and it, you know, I said, I don't want a year long MJF title reign where 2023 is dominated with how oh, I'm going to leave in 2024. And I still think if you can shorten that, that's better, at least for my taste. But I can understand why, because winter is coming is like middle end of December, how they do it. Like I've had this belt for a year and now here we come. Winter's coming one year anniversary of, of me winning the title, but weeks away, days away from me potentially leaving 2024. Like what's going to happen here you set up a big, big title match at Winter is Coming 2023 with MJF and somebody, whoever the story might be there. Like you set up a big title match for that show. Um, so yeah. I can see them wanting to do that as a year-long story as well. Year-long story right now in this current landscape. How is that going to work? I don't know. But I MJF, is see, he's at least locked in until then. And you can just pivot guys around of who is into who's hot by the end of 2023 uh they might have one idea of like oh yeah we're penciling in this guy to take the title from mjf and that could completely change but the story will be who's mjf going to lose the title to before his contract is up i think i think a lot of that decision is going to be this is all this is reckless speculation this is just me thinking out loud but i think a lot of that decision for who and when mjf drops that title is going to depend 
solely on how over Wardlow is by then. Because that's that's you know, that's not a kind of like a desperation speech on on when or yesterday when he got on the mic and was like, I'm Wardlow, like I'm still awesome, it's still Wardlow's world. And it's like that's so trying to convince all of us that or yeah. That was last week. Oh sorry, last week. This man was not on the show last night. Right. I'm sorry. That's That's a decision. That was last week. That was last week. Um, That's a decision, though, to have him be like, I know everybody says we've lost momentum, but this is still Wardlow's world. And then one week later, not on the show. And they got like four title matches at Grand Slam. TNT title ain't one of them. Like, I, I don't know how you can cut that promo of... I know we've lost momentum. Stick with us. This is still my world. And then persona non grata one week later. That's, that's questionable in my book. That's very questionable. I agree. And and I, you know, and part of it, you know, I do feel for Wardlow because part of the push probably was hindered by the MJF situation and like the way that he, he left TV right away after and, and the way that it just kind of worked out. Like the the win got overshadowed by everyone talking about MJF, you know what I mean, and what his future yeah. was going to be. Um, but but yeah, I mean, I think that in Tony Khan's perfect world and like his fantasy booking, kind of like before putting all this in place, I think his line of thinking was probably, well, if we can get Wardlow to the level of being a world champion through like the TNT title run, he has the history with MJF, so eventually MJF and Wardlow could run it back for the world title. Wardlow has a lot of credibility because he beat, he squashed MJF the last time they wrestled. So like, it would make sense for him to get a shot against MJF, but then, but then it's going to be on them to decide if they pull the trigger or not. Like, and that's going to depend completely on how over Wardlow is. Like if he's super over a year from now, then it would make sense for him to beat MJF for the title. But if he's like really dropped off by then they're going to have to pivot to, and that would, that's another thing, right? Like having to pivot out of MJ or out of uh, CM Punk versus MJF is, is huge, a huge pivot. And then also Wardlow, that's what, at that point, we're talking a storyline. If they waited till like next year around this time to do that, we're talking like what, like a five year or so story of MJF and Wardlow, like getting to that point. And then we got to, we got to account for whose contract is coming up when, because I think Wardlow would be like big time in the WWE personally. Oh yeah. Um, and and MJF, I you know, I I feel like MJF is going to stay with AEW. I just have a gut feeling about it. Although I'm obviously very interested in the idea of him in the WWE, but um, I I don't know. There's there's a lot of once again just a lot of uncertainty over the next couple of years, especially. But um, MJF's title run. Would you agree though? Like, if do you, do you think that like initially the plan was probably to have MJF beat CM Punk. And then if Wardlow was hot enough, have Wardlow beat MJF eventually, or like, do you think that makes sense? I like, yeah, I, I love your suggestion of Wardlow being the guy to take the title off of MJF, you know, a year, a year from now, as you know, MJF continues to threaten to leave and Wardlow steps up and is like, Hey, remember me? Remember the last time we met? Like you got to keep Wardlow strong. You got to keep, you do have to keep the momentum. It's a year. Like I understand there's going to be peaks and valleys in that year, but man, it's not off to the best start after double or nothing when he squashed MJF. And I know like not all of that is his fault because I do think they wanted to try to do more, but still last week cutting that promo and then not on the show at all this week. That's, that's just questionable to me. There's going to be a lot of guys. You can tell a lot of different stories 
of like hangman stepping up and being like all right well you're gonna leave like i've been here from the start one of the you know, one, one of the original people here kenny is is an easy decision as well fuck you can run moxley in that position like depending on it, it's a year a lot can change in that year of who can be that guy to dethrone mjf i think Wardlow makes a lot of sense from a story perspective but it, it's gonna really depend to, in my mind of like who is the hottest person to do it in that year and if you already haven't yeah. decided of like who that person's gonna be then get to work and continue to to build that person. And again, there's going to be peaks and valleys over the course of a year. I understand that you're not going to keep somebody super hot that entire time because typically when you try to do that, crowd get burnt out on that person very quickly. And so you you've got to you've got to time everything right. And if it's going to be Wardlow, then you got to start getting a, a peak up there right now and before you drop off a little bit, so you can you can repeak with him. Yeah, Wardlow makes a lot of sense from from a story perspective. I I'm kind of getting a little frustrated with Wardlow's like, yeah, I lost the momentum. Anthony Agogo is complaining of pizza guy can get on TV. What about me, Olympic? <laughs> I thought we were real sports. Sammy Guevara is I want to be here. It's like everybody's character in AEW right now is like I'm not being utilized well enough. It's like, man, this is what we're doing. With characters, and this is this is gonna go into kind of my spotlight yeah. of yeah. the the firm and Stokely Hathaway, and what you have is a collection of guys who people said were not utilized well enough. Certainly with some people, like the Gun Club, they were on TVs, and with the acclaim, like they were pretty over. Morrissey, he's new, but people definitely said Moriarty should have been used better and weren't understanding why he wasn't having more matches on TV. Weren't understanding why he wasn't there with Yuta and Garcia. And then people were really pushing for Ethan Page of like, why is this guy with Dan Lambert? Why is he in this tag team with Scorpio Sky? Okay, if he's going to be in this tag team with Scorpio Sky, why aren't they challenging for the titles? But people were definitely pushing for Moriarty and Ethan Page. Stokely cuts this great promo, says, or the firm gives goals set goals for everybody it's like this person wants this this person wants this this person wants this and explain like we're on retainer for mjf you might not see us together unless we're involved with mjf and that's okay and we might be adding more people they there might be you know i got a business card i got friends i love the gossip like i can be a little bit all over the place yes love the gossip and blackmail i might be a little all over the place with this up this was the shit that I love because people are going to complain like, Oh, what's their motivation? What's their character and all this stuff. I think it's overblown of that. It's for sometimes just people who don't pay enough attention to the TV. I do think, and this is my complaint. They they've overdone the, I'm just, I'm here. Like push me, like let's regain everything that we had. And like, I never wanted to leave. Like I'm an original. I do think that is being utilized a little too much, but for this it's similar in that these guys deserve better, but I like that it's not coming directly from them. And I like that it's not just push me. I deserve this. I deserve this. It is. These guys were underutilized. I'm going to help them. Here's what the fuck we're trying to accomplish here. It's a lot. It's a lot more clear than a generic. I should be on TV more. Yeah. I I thought it was fantastic. I mean, I'm a big Stokely fan. have been for a long time. Um, I, I mean, for people who don't know, you know Stokely and, and MJF have history like off the indies, like the Dream Team and everything, and Beyond Wrestling, and so like they, they, this 
this isn't like some made up thing where MJF just got on the microphone or, or, or Stokely got on the microphone and, you know, they're talking about being each other's best friends and stuff. Like they have a relationship pre WWE or pre AEW um, that, um, that I, I love that they're actually playing off of that. And I dude, I love the explanation of Stokely talking about how, like you just said, you might not see all of us together often, like, so that you're not questioning as a fan, like why Morrissey's coming out and like the gun club isn't there or whatever, or why Moriarty might be wrestling someone and like no one and Ethan Page isn't helping him or whatever. Like they're all going to do their own thing, but they're that collectively as the firm, they, um, they're like, they're, they're, um, hitmen for hire essentially, which is, I, I, I think that's a really, really smart idea. And it's something different. Like, and it's something I, I, I really like, cause I've talked about that for a long time with, with like trios and, and stables and, and even tag teams like um, like FTR, for instance, is a good example. I love how they like how they have those guys also having singles run. Same with the Lucha Bros. Like you, you Penta and Phoenix have their own singles careers, but they've never had to break up as a tag team to do that. They're still a tag team also. Um, I like the idea of the firm being completely their own thing, especially because it's such a random group of wrestlers. Like this actually makes sense why they would all be together um versus like look everyone loves the acclaimed steven jensen loves the acclaimed but like it's strange for me to see them with billy gunn it just seems like a weird pairing to me you know what i mean like i made sense storyline wise how they got there but like some of these pairings in AEW are just strange like the dan lambert with with scorpio and ethan just didn't seem like it made sense to me and um there, there's been there's been some of those kind of miscasts in my opinion in AEW. um even like the uh the wingmen I actually, I love J.D. Drake in particular, but the Wingmen was such like a random group, right? Like there's the, the trust busters seem like such a random group. Um, at least they've explained with the firm, like exactly why they're all together. And they're collectively Stokely is going to get, or trying to get them each individually to get reach all of their individual goals. And collectively they're going to make money as, as hitmen for MJF and uh, assumingly, other wrestlers as well so like um kate says you hush the ringmen are perfect you'll never catch me really praising uh ryan nemeth unfortunately I, I just i just can't i just can't i've actually like peter avalon for like years pre-aew i remember him from like the west coast like in dc and pretty peter um was actually always pretty decent caesar benoni has gotten better i'll give him credit like he's definitely improved and he's had a couple okay g he got brewed out of the building his first gcw match but he's he's like recovered since um and yeah what jd drake i legitimately think is the most underutilized guy in the entire company um but but yeah so i i and and once again this is going to be cool because like there might be a story or a match happening where it's two people completely unrelated to anyone we've talked about with mjf or anyone in this story and then boom, the firm hit hit the scene, and it's like, wait, who are they? Who are they working for? You know what I mean? It's, it's a hot, kind of like the Shield when they started in WWE, where it was like they would just attack people, and you didn't really know why they were attacking who they were attacking, but there was like a deeper story behind it. You know what I mean? Like I, I kind of, I, I really like that that un, unpredictable aspect of what of what the firm is going to do and who they're going to help. But we have to assume wherever MJF is, they're not going to be far behind, which makes things interesting they're i mean they're working for mjf and i do think they're going to go back to the tried and true thing that i'm not a fan of of mjf throws a bunch of obstacles in the way of his opponent 
of like, here we go, defeat Morrissey, defeat the Gun Club, defeat Moriarty, defeat Ethan Page. It'll lead to some good matches. I don't, I, I don't like that story. They, that's that's what they use. That's every single MJF story, and they get new ways to tell it every single time because MJF is very good on the mic, and there's enough to play off of there. But at the crux of it, it is the same story. And I'm worried we're going to get that. I don't exactly like that. That I, I'm potentially getting ahead of myself. Maybe they don't do that at all. But it seems like it's set up for that. Um, I, I don't like that portion. As far as just what we saw last night with Stokely's promo, thought that ruled. I, I thought MJF's setup to it was great. I even like that he like left the ring and he's like, yeah, I'm aligned with these guys. I pay these guys. This ain't really my group though. Like these are not, this ain't like the pinnacle of like, we are all one big happy family doing family dinners and stuff. And we all have like the same goal. Like our goals are different. My goal is to pay them and them to help me. Otherwise they got their own goals that they're going to do. I really like that. He left and just let Stokely go off on his own. I like this group. I I hope, I hope the best for this group. I like that. They have clear motivations. Uh, I hope Ethan page really comes out of this strong on the other side because i think that man deserves it i hope moriarty comes out strong on the other side because he is fantastic gun club they're fine i think they got a lot of good tag teams to put above gun club and morrissey i'm glad he has turned things around for himself he's gotten better he's not exactly a guy that i'm like clamoring to see though i think him with stokely is a great dynamic i like that he's but again he's not somebody that i'm like oh yeah definitely want to see morrissey in these singles matches but i did like this promo i did like the motivation i after last week where i was a little bit frustrated of like okay why aren't they explaining what this group was who these men helped them i was also frustrated last week that nobody in that ladder match seemed to care that they got fucked over by this group and they still don't seem to care i wish they would do a little something with that lucha bros sure they went on to win the trios titles what do they care about this other stuff um like dante martin just not there anymore claudio and wheeler i guess they're already champions so it's like eh, who cares about the but i wish they would have done a little bit of like going after them and maybe they'll set up blackpool against the firm in some form and they'll kind of circle back to that i do wish that they touched on that the guys in the ladder match just got screwed over by this group who MJF paid off and went after them a little bit there. Uh, But I'm I'm glad they circled back to explaining why these men were helping MJF. And I thought Stokely knocked this promo out of the park. Yeah, me too. And I, I loved the, the, like when Stokely went to hug Morrissey, he just like didn't look like he wanted to be there. Like, so I like the dynamic of that. How much of that we know we know Tony is, is very online. Uh how much of that I'm sure you've seen the the talk where Tony would hug people at press conferences. Yes, of course. And sure. the Claudio picture. How much of that was Tony just being like wink nod? This is what happened. Yeah. I feel like there was there was something there. And I'll, I'm fine with it. I thought it was great. I feel like there was something there of just Tony like poking fun at that whole thing. That's uh, funny. Yeah. Honestly, I didn't even put that together, but like that actually is exactly what that looked like. So that's if that is the case, that that's that's really funny for Tony to be 
not just that self-aware, but like to joke about it, like make, make a little bit of fun of yourself, you know, because like he, he reads the internet, obviously. I see him like, he, there's the only time that Tony Khan ever interacts with me is when I'm commenting on something you've said and he'll like, like my tweets under your, under your stuff. So I'm oh. like, I know he's, I know he's reading all your stuff. So <laughs> Uh, I let, let me say this about Tony Khan. I people people I'm sure think I'm paid by AEW. Uh, they they think Sean is paid by AEW. They think we're all paid by people when we, we say things. Uh, I, I give my opinion. I feel I'm I'm critical of stuff I like and and don't like up there. But I will I will have to say shout out to Tony Khan because I was having a very bad day on Tuesday and I I tweeted about it that I was. It was an impression day. That's what I chalk it up to. I'm much better today. I was much better yesterday. I just tweeted that I was having a bad day, crying on and off. And Tony Khan, who, yes, we've had interactions before. He's commented on some of my posts wrestling related and, and whatnot. But he took time out of his day to comment on that post and just say, like, hope you were doing better. Like, let me know if we can do anything. Uh, just sorry. Sorry that you're going through this. He didn't have to do that. He has a million other things going on. I he, he didn't have to do that. And that meant a lot that Tony Khan would 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 do that. That is a very nice genuine thing that that he did and say what you yeah. will about Tony Khan. We can sit here, we can criticize booking, we can criticize stuff when it comes to AEW as a person I find Tony Khan to be a, a very good person who cares about people and cares about people. He truthfully, like I'm, I'm just someone who writes about wrestling. Truthfully does not need to comment on things like that. When it, when it comes to me, if he wants to dunk on people online or if he wants to respond to criticism and stuff like, cool, that's his company and everything for him to offer up a genuine response to me having a bad day. I thought that said a lot about Tony Khan. So Shout out to Tony Khan. Yeah, that's that. incredible. That I mean, obviously, y'all know I, I love Tony Khan. I praise the guy at, at every opportunity I get. Only recently, I've been a little more critical just because of the stuff that's been happening. Like, you know, which which I just got to keep it real when it comes to certain things. But like overall, I've I've praised Tony Khan since day one. You know, I think it's cool as hell that he's a guy who's around our age, who's a lifelong wrestling fan like we are. That. Basically, he has his his fig fed. Like I collect action figures, and you know what I mean. As a kid, I would you know wrestle with my toys and stuff. Like he gets to actually do that on national television with his favorite wrestlers. Like that he gets to sign, and like I just think it's a really cool thing that he gets to do. And you're right, like he doesn't have to do that. He doesn't have to go out of his way to 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 talk to fans or be that accessible or like just see that someone's having a bad day and try to get their spirits up. Like he doesn't have to do that at all. And that's an expectation that like. We would never expect like a Vince McMahon to be doing that. And so, you know what I mean? Like not, not to compare the two, I'm not, but you know what I mean? Like to be that accessible where, where Tony Khan is, is willing to reach out like that. And I know some other people that we both know personally that have gone through some stuff. And I know Tony reached out to them in the past as well um, in certain situations, in, in similar type situations. And that's incredible, man. Kudos to Tony Khan. Like, honestly, that's, that's cool as hell that he reached out to you that day. And I apologize, by the way, for like, I got you a little late that day. I was, I was hitting you up about trying to get interviews done that day. And I had no oh, idea because I, because I don't check Twitter that often during my work day. And I just, well, well, Kat, actually Cassidy Haynes, I was talking to him about your wedding 
And he was like, yeah, man, I think Jeremy's having a bad day. And I was like, why, why do you think that? And then I looked and I was like, Oh dude. So that's when I messaged you. I didn't, I didn't know until then. So um, I'm I, yeah, glad I though not, that things are getting better. So I do not expect anybody to know like what I tweet and everything. I assume everybody has me on mute and things like that. So uh, yeah, I, when you hit me up for the interview, I even thought I was like, well, we're still doing this interview tonight. So like, that's cool. Like that'll, you know, turn things around. And then I, you know, I was having a bad day. I was looking forward to talking to Cass until I decided to bump him for my birthday. And that's why we're not doing the interview at all. Third week in a row that we bumped him. He's getting, it's getting bumped completely. Uh, but, but yeah, it was a bad day. For wedding now or something. Like, I'll just like, we'll just record something while we're all together. We for, like, a few I plan on yeah. recording a bunch of stuff at the wedding that other family members on, on her side uh, are going to be like, Wait, wait a second. This, this, this guy was, <laughs> oh, no. he's very mild mannered and, uh, very, very, a little reserved. Like I'll have conversation with all these people, but you know, I'm, I kind of keep to myself when, when it comes to this stuff and I'm a different person when I'm around my friends like this and on this show and doing bits and things like that. So yeah, I'm gonna have to explain to them why I'm doing rap battles and filming a bunch of segments with my, my friends. And they're like, Oh boy. Uh, yeah, we are paying the, the fiance just mentioned me. Yeah, we are paying uh, for the wedding with all the AEW shill money. So, oh, wonderful. Tony Khan basically paying for the Thank entire wedding. <laughs> uh, before we jump into WWE, let me let me do super chats here. Our pal Jake Jake Shaw says, Happy, stop again and say happy birthday, Jeremy. Thanks, Jake. Appreciate you, buddy. Uh, Kate Hensler also says, Happy birthday, happy Jeremy day. It's just my, my full day. The world is better with you in it. Uh, thanks, I guess. I, I guess that's true. I don't know. Um, thanks everybody for the for the birthday wishes and uh, the fiance says uh, t- taking the the bumping cast bitch another week is still great. Yes, he's he's always going to get bumped at some point. He'll be on this show. Let's move on to WWE spot. Do you want to be a professional wrestler or do you want to be a WWE superstar? WWE superstar sounds a whole lot better to me than being a professional wrestler. You know who's a WWE superstar? Steven Jensen. Who? Dominic Mysterio. Yeah. Because <laughs> this man is not a good professional wrestler. Dude, I didn't even, I wasn't even kidding about this. Like, I, it, so the other day, I think it was our friend Jussie, I think it was who, who tweeted something about Dominic. Yeah. Just, yeah, I, th- I think she, I think she, uh, I think it was her that had tweeted out something about uh, that, that promo. And that, my timeline kind of like all at the same time, I just saw a bunch of like Dominic stuff kind of shoot up at the same i wasn't watching the show but i did i did go back and watch the segment so we could talk about it but um but yeah i mean like honestly just and once again i wasn't even trying to be funny or like she was like dominic needs to go to nxt and i was like yeah nxt level up you know what i mean like because like that's like legitimately like the level he's at with like his in-ring isn't great his promos are bad this segment was cringe and like we have to also keep in mind he's like 25 right like, this is this, is, this isn't the same thing as like nick wayne getting his start at 17 and like we're trying to figure things out on national television this is like or sorry nick wayne actually got to start at like 15 but you know what i mean he's like 17 now and like so we can't really give dominic like a pass at this point i feel like he's he's old enough he's been in the game long enough he's he's I mean, he's the spawn of, of the greatest luchador in history. 
Um, you know, and so I just wanted to preface all this by saying like, I, I too, I haven't seen a lot of Dominic, but I too have not been very impressed with what I've seen. So Seth Rollins deserves every wrestler of the year award for eternity for giving Dominic Mysterio that first match. Because after that first match, there were many people, myself included, I'm sure, who were like, hey, Dominic Mysterio, not bad, especially for his first match. And it was it was largely Seth Rollins, we've come to find out. Because every Dominic Mysterio match since then, not great. He looks like he is he's very much thinking of everything. If you ever, if you've ever played like a WWE 2K game, like that's sort of how he wrestles of, it's just very AI. It's Mm, just like, all right, this is what I've been programmed to do right now. And this is what I'm going to do. And he has the same glitches where he'll get caught up in the ropes. This is an incredible comparison. This is a really good comparison. (laughs) It's just, it's very, it's very AI and it's not, He's just not, he's not great in the ring and he hasn't been great. And then he, we've never really seen him do a promo. Like we've seen him in bat stage segments. We've seen him kind of in ring stuff and Ray's carried the bulk of that. And look, Ray, like different kind of charisma with Ray Mysterio, right? No one's going to be like Ray Mysterio, greatest promo of all time or anything, but Ray Mysterio carries himself, says what he needs to say, gets his point across different kind of charisma. Dominic can't get none of that ain't got none of that uh and he tries to do this promo i think the most worrying part of this promo first off i apologize because my original spotlight was that kevin owens promo which was fucking great and right. like an all-time wwe promo and then i decided eh, we kind of just praised kevin owens a few weeks ago and it was a great promo I got to talk about this, Dominic. Well, that's what happened, just so y'all know. Like, Jeremy, so me and Jeremy send each other our spotlights, like, you know, usually a couple days before the show. And Jeremy messaged me. He was like, my WWE spotlight's going to be this Kevin Owens promo. And I'm like, oh, great. I can, you know, I'll watch that. And, uh, you know, Kevin Owens, the man, I'm sure I'm going to love this. And then, like, a few minutes later, he's like, actually, never mind. We're actually going to talk about this Dominic Mysterio (laughs) promo. And I was like, wait, what? Like, I, yeah. then I watched it. Luckily, it was only like two minutes long. It was it was pretty short. But oh, it, it seemed felt like it was like much 20 longer. minutes. It, yeah, yeah, it did. With the way that it the felt... camera was cutting and stuff, uh, I was like, "This is." It was every. Cool. It was every like '90s music video with the double shots, uh, the faded face, and everything. <laughs> it was the fact that this was a pre-tape. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like Sinead O'Connor. All right, the, yeah. Yeah, the fact that this was a pre-tape and it wasn't like a live promo is is very worrying. Worrying, like that's the most worrying yeah. thing to me <laughs> is they were like, "This is the best footage we got of this guy. This is what we're airing." I don't want to know what was on the cutting room floor of where they're like, "Let's let's do that one again. Let's do that one again." Because they, I don't know how long they were there, but man, they could have been there for hours. And it's like, you know what? Fuck it. This is the best we got. Let's let's uh let's air this shit and just hope for the best. Cause man, if that was the best they got out of this thing, release release the unedited version. Because oh I want to see that. I want to see that shit. I just the direction of like Dom. We need more lip curl, right? Just, more... Do it again. <laughs> do it again. Need more. Right. Need more lip. Try curl. it again. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Oh man, yeah, this we... was this wasn't good. Rhea coming in and whispering in his ear. Like Rhea should have cut this damn promo for him. At least she has some delivery and some presence about her. But this, I don't think the material was like too awful. Honestly, like I get the story that they're trying right. to tell here. And look, this man sees Rhea Ripley. He's 25. He's been sheltered. I'd be acting the same way if I've been in Dominic position and Rhea Ripley is over here trying to take control. Like, yes, 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 Rhea. Whatever you would like, Rhea. I understand that. I get that part. But the, everything else with his delivery and everything. Oh, yeah. He tried to imitate the Eddie lip curl. And yeah. he threw the clothesline like Eddie. And I think we praised him too much after that clothesline. And he, he got a big head <laughs> after that. He's like, I can be Eddie. He got the mullet going. That clothesline was really strong. Like, I can do this. Like, nah, man. You you can't. You can't do this, Dominic. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. See, <laughs> I, says, I'm 50 and would act the same way for Rhea. Look, man. Hey, I'm, I'm 34 hey. and I get it. Like, <laughs> Rhea wants to do this shit. Whatever, whatever you need, Rhea. Whatever you need. Wasn't that like a big, because once again, I missed a lot of this, but like, and I, I saw the segment, but I missed a good chunk of like this whole Judgment Day story. Isn't the, isn't it like heavily implied or has been like straight up said that like Rhea and him are like boning also? Like, I mean, the comment, the line of like, I turned him into a man indicates right. that right. he lost his virginity at 25 to Rhea <laughs> Yeah, and if that's the not, way you're gonna do yeah, it, that's, that's a good way to do yeah, it. I feel. Yeah, to be yeah being pressured, being pressured into it by this woman who's gonna kick your ass. <laughs> Sub Mysterio. That's, yeah, that's what he's called. Sub Mysterio. That's funny. So I, I, you know, I, uh, I, so is the is the kind of the the direction the Judgment Day has gone? Is Rhea kind of like the de facto kind of leader at this point, or is it kind of Balor's thing? Or are they all kind of collectively like? all on the same level in that group oh yeah they, they've said they don't have like a leader they're all okay. at the same level i think that dominic is levels 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 below them um but yeah they they've said that and these are you know not these are not in character interviews of you know priest and balor and and Rhea have all said like yeah there's no real leader uh and that that's what it is so yeah, there, there's no leader with them. Dom is definitely not the leader of this group, right, and I, I don't know what kind of group Dom would would lead. I don't think that group would last long because someone would just and overthrow that man in a heartbeat, and he ain't gonna do shit about it. So, if he really wants to be like Eddie Guerrero, he needs to try to revive the LWO. <sighs> man, that would go so bad with him. It really would. I love that. I love the idea, but like the execution wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, too bad for Dom. You know, it's just one of those things, right? Like, it's just he's twenty five. He's had plenty of time to get better. You just, you just at the level he's at. Um, I don't know, because it's like you can't, you can't demote him and like actually send him to NXT level up. You know what I mean? Um, but I, honestly, that's kind of that's where he like should be learning. And I'm not even saying that to be mean. Like, I, I review NXT level up every Sunday for the weekender. Like, it's a show that I watch every week. I actually enjoy it for what it is. And it has, and it has helped people get a lot better quickly. Um, like Quincy Elliott's a good example. You know, I know he just debuted on NXT, but like he went from like really not knowing what was going on. It felt like to like pretty competent in there pretty, pretty fast. And he's not the only, only example of that through level up. There's been a lot of that. And that's for like 
see like in, in this it's, it's a similar situation in certain ways to where like like brandy Rhodes, for instance like if brandy were to come into the wwe like she's too well known to just be in nxt like i think she'd have to be on raw or smackdown whether she's presented with cody or as a wrestler or whatever but like to be completely honest like at a wrestling level like she should be on nxt level up but she's like too like dominic's the same situation like you can't like go backwards with him and like put him but like you really should be still learning or or, or in a, it it's just it's weird because he's like a former tag team champion now and stuff and it's like but he still hasn't hit the level to where people take just- it seriously just don't 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 have this man like get him off TV for a little bit. I mean they they they've tried. Here's the thing with him. I don't want to spend too much more time on Dominic. They've tried sure. with this man. He he his father is Rey Mysterio. He teams with Rey at all the live. John Cena in his comeback tour was teaming with Rey and Dominic at the live events. This man got to learn from John Cena firsthand on what to do. And it, it ain't clicking. If you want to keep him on yeah. television, fine. Keep him on television in some role. Make it. A, I don't need this man main eventing against against anybody, much less Edge. Like you're, I'm not. I'm not the biggest Edge fan in the world. You're wasting this stuff on Edge. Like do not, do not have this man in a prominent spot on television. That's all I'm asking. If you don't want to put him on NXT or NXT level up because he's already been at this position in WWE, like I get that. I understand where you're coming from on that. If you want to keep him on WWE television, just just hide him somewhere. Let him let him do some multi-man matches. Just just hide this man and hope that like live events, he's able to to start to come into his own. But they, I feel like they've tried this. They put this man with John Cena. They wasted John Cena's summer tour by having yeah. him team with Dominic Mysterio. Well, and one thing they haven't done that I'm think was smart was they didn't they didn't give him like Ray's mask because I think that would have been like. And I think that's the reason. Like, I think Ray is self-aware enough to know. Like, you know what I mean? I think if Dominic was a, was better at this point, like, he'd be, like, wearing, like, a mask and, like, representing the Mysterio family. Like, you know what Ray I mean? Ray said, like, you ain't earned that shit, kid. I, I, on, I, I honestly feel that. Yeah. Like, I like, I don't, you know what I mean? It's, for, once again, this is a little bit different in, obviously, much different circumstances. But, like, um, like uh, David Benoit. Like, you know, all things aside with Chris, the, one of the things that everyone was really, really concerned about, like, I know Chris Jericho talked about it a lot, was like, we don't want you wrestling in front of people until, like, you can kind of live up to the name in the ring of, you know what I mean? There's going to be expectations yeah. so high that, like, you can't just, you can't just put someone like that on AEW. Like, I know that the family name is a problem. I totally get all that side of it. But the point is, like, the expectation of, like, being the son of somebody who was, like, a great in-ring worker same with same with Dom like you can't it's just it's a tough spot to be in like in and and Dom wasn't ready and he was thrown into it and and I think that Ray no I'll I'll put it once again I'll put it that way you just don't and we've seen it happen with second and third generation wrestlers plenty before like remember like Manu in WWE like he just he just did click but it was like they thought you know throw him in there because he's got the lineage and stuff and like so I just want to throw that out there too. I honestly think that if, if Dom was at like a much higher level, he'd be where he'd like be wearing like a Mysterio mask and like representing the family, like as a luchador. But I just don't think he's, he's good enough to be doing that. And I think Ray probably knows that. Should wear a conquistador mask and just rebrand as a low level luchador conquistador. 
and then we can all just forget about Dominic Mysterio and his lip curls. Yeah. Steven Jensen, NXT 2.0 is dead. Triple H said, happy one-year anniversary. Fuck off. NXT <laughs> Black and Gold is back. What a rebrand. Yeah. Just There we go. We're evolving again. Black and Gold's back, baby. Get this 2.0 stuff out of here. Hey, it's smart. It's smart. I mean, in theory, I understood the 2.0 stuff, but like only if they're going to continue to go the route of mainly uh, like kind of like cultivating their own talent, like through, you know, college athletes and, and, and former pro athletes and stuff like that. But if they're going to go back to, I mean, they're still going to do plenty of that, I'm sure. But if they're going to go back to more like hiring people off the indies and like GCW and stuff like that, and bringing them to NXT, it would make a lot more sense for them to rebrand to this black and gold. And I thought it was smart the way they did it. Like they aired a good video package with Shawn Michaels talking and it just, the screen flashed from like the, the 2.0 logo to a new updated like black and gold logo. And like, I think that that's probably, if, if, the, if the direction of, if, if basically what you're saying is you're letting the fan base know, hey, we're going to change the product kind of back to what you loved about NXT before 2.0. I think it was smart that they did this because it definitely got my attention as somebody who, you know, loved the black and gold NXT, but like really didn't pay attention really to any of the 2.0. Um, I'm interested in black and gold going forward because now I feel like it's a lot more of like that anything can happen type atmosphere of, you know, maybe, you know, somebody that I love off the indies is about to pop up and like have like a banger match. You know what I mean? Like something like that. So I think it's smart that they're going to do it. If they are, if they are going to change the direction of kind of what they've been doing with the company, it would make sense to do a full rebrand. I hope that they keep kind of, I hope they keep some of the aesthetics from NXT 2.0. I liked that brighter, more colorful setup in the performance center than the dark brooding uh, black and gold, especially if you're going to have like these indie guys come in here and do like these, these good matches and everything like that low dark setup. I did not, I didn't like that at all. I hope they keep the, some of the 2.0 aesthetics from there. Really. I, I hope they just kind of keep in the direction they've been going with, with stuff because I like that. It's a mix of developmental and a mix of maybe some, some indie guys and everything, but then you can utilize it. We've seen, you know, Ziggler, this was definitely all 2.0 stuff, but Ziggler was there earlier this year. Miz was there. Styles was there. Uh, more recently, we we had Ricochet and, and Nikki Ash and, and Dewdrop. Like, utilize some of these main roster people who maybe aren't getting much utilization uh, on the main roster and let them just come in here and have, like, cool matches and shit. Like, that's, I, I mean, we saw Solo Sokoa win the, the North American title. Like, make it a third brand but also still have like the developmental aspects to it. And I guess that's sort of what level up is for is like to really kind of be a true, more developmental show, Uh, but still have some of the developmental aspects to it because now there's no pressure of you got to win a war against AEW. Like you're on Tuesdays, you have the night to yourself, like start developing talent for that main roster. And so when they come up to the main roster, now there is that synergy because it wasn't there beforehand. That was a huge complaint I had about nxt and then main roster stuff i think it was a huge complaint everybody had is like oh shinsuke nakamura top guy in nxt comes up to main roster 
what's going on with Shinsuke Nakamura, Bobby Roode, like all these guys who were like great in NXT who were champions. And I, I mean, the biggest example was Cross of he was NXT champion. He comes up with a fucking gimp outfit, losing to yeah. Jeff Hardy in, in 30 seconds. So now because Triple H and Shawn Michaels are certainly on the same page with stuff, they can have more of that synergy with everything. Did, did it need like a full on rebrand? Probably not, but it, I don't think it needed like a 2.0 rebrand. That was definitely just a Vince call. Right. And now Triple H is just kind of rewriting that. And you don't have to, just because you're taking away the 2.0 like logo and everything doesn't mean you need to take away the 2.0 aspects that people actually liked and, and were, were kind of working and people enjoyed. So that yeah. that's what I hope. I do hope they keep some of those aspects, most specifically the aesthetics, because it got very tiring watching that friggin' dark setup that, that they had with, with black and gold. I didn't like that. I didn't need that. Yeah. And I'm, I'm with you. I think I hope they keep a mix of it as well. And also to be fair, like, some of the people you mentioned, like Bobby Roode and Shinsuke Nakamura, in like today's landscape with Triple H in charge, those kind of guys like wouldn't have even went to NXT now. You know what I mean? Like if right. it was set up the way it is now, they'd just be right on Raw or SmackDown. So like when I'm thinking more of NXT indie talent, just because the way that the landscape has changed, and, and then and then some of there there really isn't a whole outside of like people from AEW that might get released or like from New Japan or something that might become available at some point, maybe Impact. There isn't really, it's a little different than it was when NXT was really getting hot. You don't have like the 10 year veterans like that are like selling out big time, uh, like indie events, like, uh, like, uh, I mean, like there's companies like GCW and stuff that are killing it. Don't get me wrong, but like, you don't have like your Kevin Steens or like Johnny Gargano's or, or El Generico, Finn Balor, like to like that level of like star with like that long a time coming into WWE, like so now i'm thinking it'll be like if we're, we're talking more like uh some of these people aren't going to be available because of other commitments and contracts and stuff but like now would be a great time for like an alex zane or a, or a blake christian or someone like that to like that was in like 205 live like a year ago like for them to like come back and be like actual like stars in nxt before maybe getting a chance on raw or smackdown or something i'm kind of thinking more along those lines and in that case it would make a lot more sense too to keep doing what you're saying just keep keep a good mix of like homegrown nxt quote-unquote level up talent that works their way to nxt and have them mix it in with like top level indie stars that are that aren't that don't have the name value to go like straight to w right to raw or smackdown but are like but are better than like having to like they can kind of skip the the PC and the level up aspect and go right to like the the main NXT show if that makes sense. So like, I uh, it just the landscape has changed a lot. So I'm I'm with you. I I hope they keep some of the aesthetics of the 2.0 and they still do continue to develop. That was the big thing with 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 the original Black and Gold that screwed them over so hard when NXT when AEW came around was they stopped developing talent. Like they were just signing proven talent to nxt and just putting on super indie shows now they're at least like developing talent also so that that's really the mix that's the balance you need to find is like really strong indie workers with like some name value that they can put in nxt and then also continue to to develop like their own wrestlers that they're finding as like athletes or whatever what up dude? Hello, Sean Rossap. 
just woke up at the crack of 10 <laughs> to tell Jeremy. Six. What are you doing? T- not that. <laughs> to tell Jeremy Lambert, happy birthday. My God. My God. All my favorite people are here in the chat. What What's up with this? You all, people watch this? Dude, we had like 10,000 viewers last week. I saw that. We had a good, we had a good week. That was yeah. just on YouTube Jensen, as well. Yeah, just Jensen on YouTube. Was, uh, oh, I shot Jensen on CM was, Punk. I got yeah. a lot of, I got a lot of. Barry uh, and CM Punk last week, week so. Yeah. Road Dog buried him that? yesterday. Did you see that? <laughs> no, I hadn't seen yeah. that yet. Check oh, that's that pretty good stuff. He's like saying he would have fought him and maybe he would have won. <laughs> I might take Road Dog in that one. I mean, before the MMA training, possibly, possibly. <laughs> Still, but I just wanted I just wanted to tell Jeremy happy birthday. That's it. That's literally the only thing I came here to Can do. Can I have today off? Yeah, sure. I don't care. Okay. <laughs> we, we ain't gonna lose money. We're we're doing all right right now. I, mean, I have another raise. That I can't do. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. After that, that I can't do. Fair. Are they gonna make Braun Breaker Braun Fixer, and then he's gonna fix the NXT next week? Oh man. Is that in the spoilers? The, put back together the logo. I don't think that was in the spoilers. No. Sh- shout out to them teasing the white and gold. Then they're like, ah, no, we're just gonna throw that logo up at the top of the the performance center. We're not actually gonna change anything for the next two or three weeks. Good. I like the aesthetic of NXT. I do too. I do too. So good. I like it a lot better. I just uh, also nothing else is changing. <laughs> but at least Bring the next the couple logo. weeks. Bring back the logo. We have a lot to talk about, Sean. We have the PWI 500 to talk about. Well, I'm getting out of here then. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Drew says, happy birthday, Jeremy. You're a great human. deserve all the best things. Thank you for being you. Thank you, Drew. Appreciate you, buddy. Uh, Let's go to the the PWI. Let's go to the other, which includes the PWI 500. Our product is what it is. We're going straight up the middle. We're going straight up the middle, Steven Jensen. And PWI went straight up the middle with Roman Reigns. At number one, I feel like you have a lot to say about this. No, I really don't, to be honest. I just wanted to throw it out there because, like, it was just the PWI 500 is something a lot of people talk about and debate. Um, I don't really have an issue with like the rankings, to be completely honest, because they're they're so it's so based on opinion. You know what I mean? There's no like real criteria. Um, I will say this: I did think, like everyone else, it was nuts that John Moxley wasn't in the top ten. Um, whoa, what is this? How did you're gonna, did you're gonna shoot on PWI and not having John Moxley in the top 10? Oh, addresses his enemies. Oh, I love that. I didn't realize <laughs> this is great, dude. I love this. Thank you. Um, I had no idea that was coming. Do I, do I still keep talking over the yeah? Picture? You gotta talk. Um, you gotta you gotta shoot on well, PWI now. Well, I was just gonna honestly, I was just gonna say that like the Roman that uh that uh John Moxley should have been ranked higher, like everyone says. Um, I, I feel like this is my corner three now. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I'm laughing at this picture. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, Roman being ranked number one, I have no problem with that totally makes sense that he would be ranked number one. Um, I thought it was interesting that, uh, I think it wasn't hangman, the highest ranked AEW wrestler, which once again, I don't have an CM issue Punk with was. CM Punk. Was. Oh, sorry. CM Punk was, he was number three, which I did have a little bit of an issue with. I do think that I do think CM Punk's AEW run has been really, really good on screen, though. Like, I'm not knocking that by any stretch, but I would have ranked Hangman above 
CM Punk personally, I think, because of like the amount of great matches he had with the championship. I get that. I get that there's the time frame too. Like Moxley really heated up around like the tail end of when they do these rankings. So like I I get that, but Moxley was still like hardly have hardly lost at all, and he was still one of their top guys. So I think Moxley should have been in the top ten. Uh, if Cody wasn't hurt, I don't know if, if, if that took into account his ranking or not. Um, but I like that he was ranked as high as he was. I'm always obviously fine with him being ranked pretty high. Uh, shout out to Matt Cardona. He was ranked 13th. He had a great year. Probably could have been ranked even higher. Um, Okada is always going to be way up there. So um, a big E I thought maybe was ranked a little high. But I, but he did win the world title, which I, I, I get that. But it felt like it was kind of an underwhelming reign. It was kind of short. and He didn't do much after that, it felt like. Um, but you know, so I, I got some little nitpicks here and there, but it's really cool. Like, I see a lot of my friends on this list, you know, some of them really had some big jumps up the, up the rankings. Um, like Billy Starks had like a big jump of like, a, like over a hundred up the list or something like that. And, you know, um, I've been seeing a lot of people that have been following for a long time. People like Jaden Newman made the list. Like I saw Jaden around like, uh, around like four hundreds and stuff, you know, people that we've been interviewing and stuff like they're they're getting on these lists, which is, which is badass. So like, um, so yeah, I just wanted to shout out, you know, I, I like the PWI 500. I like the concept behind it. I always look forward to it. Um, but also don't take it too seriously. Like these are just, it's similar to Dave Meltzer's star rating. Like it's just, it's just an opinion. Like, and it's just, it's just fun as a wrestling fan to just kind of compare your list with these lists, you know, but don't, don't, don't fight people over it. That, that's silly. You know, you should, you should fight people over these numbers that have been assigned to these things. What also, once you get into like the like hundreds at some, you know what I mean? If oh, you yeah. rank like 200 versus like 240, people. this isn't like a real, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Roman number one, I think was the correct call. I like everybody else. Moxley not being top 10 because he missed a couple of months is strange when Biggie missed more months and was in the top 10. That was a, a little, and I mean, Moxley won the interim title, but he still won the interim title during the evaluation period. A little, and he did all the independent stuff as well. That was that was my biggest issue is the the Moxley thing. Everyone seemed to take issue with that. That was a little strange, but I don't care about the PWI 500. I will say it, uh, like I tweeted, and it, it got over. Um, Hook was my number one because. In this business, I don't care about your great star ratings and your great accomplishments in the ring and winning all of these arbitrary championships that one man decides you should hold. I don't care about any of that stuff. What I care about and what these wrestlers should care about is making money, not getting hurt, making more money, and getting over. Hooks over, made a bunch of money, wrestled like... 13 matches, none of them went over six minutes, ate a bunch of chips, made more money, moved a bunch of merch. Hook is the best worker. Care about wrestler, worker. Hook's the best worker in this business. Hook should have been number one. Can't argue that. (laughs) Uh, My other for the week, Steven Jensen, is... Completely forgot what it was. It is Shane Taylor in Impact. We gotta have the Impact talk. Uh, doesn't look like he signed full time. He was on before the Impact, and 
And he didn't tweet. Hook didn't tweet. Yes, the fiance had to remind me of that. Not smart worker. Doesn't tweet. Get caught up in that bullshit. Uh, Shane yep. Taylor is in Impact before the bell. Before the Impact, he lost to Crazy Steve. I don't know if he's going to be sticking around, but it was good to see Shane Taylor do something after the ROH run, which I thought was fantastic during the pandemic era. And then he's just kind of been kind of lost in the shuffle with everything, just kind of doing Texas shots and not not really being on television. And he's kind of spoken about it a little bit. Of seems to be maybe issues with higher ups and and whatnot, and maybe some some rumor and innuendo going on regarding Shane Taylor. I hope he gets a shot somewhere. I think Impact would be smart to sign him. They need they need some extra depth and they need some guys who have a different presentation than everybody else. So I'd like to see Shane Taylor get a, uh, get a shot in Impact. I agree. I think he was one of the biggest um, pleasant surprises of Ring of Honor in the last handful of years. Like as a guy who I think they had high hopes for, but like he like fully exceeded I think any expectations anyone had. Like he got like really really good. And his with his size and his look and everything, like he like you said, he's 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 different. He's uh he's unique, and that's I, I mean I saw I remember him and Keith Lee tag teaming a little bit too, like with the, the when they were both this, these huge, just really impressive dudes. Um, so yeah, I'll uh I'm with you. I think Impact would be smart to sign Shane Taylor, and um I think he'd be a perfect fit there, and he'd be a guy who can be an immediate threat to like really kind of any title especially if they brought over, like if O'Shea Edwards came over, like and more members of, of uh, Shane Taylor promotions, like that kind of stuff would be, would be cool too. So um, I think it could work out for him. And it seems like there's going to be spots opening up. It sounds like there's going to be some people leaving impact soon and stuff. And there's, it looks like there's going to be some, some, some open spots for someone like Shane Taylor. So um, he lost to crazy Steve on before the, the impact. Right. So that was, yeah. but that's really just more so like a trial. Well, I don't want to call it a trial because everyone knows Shane Taylor, but like, um, maybe he's kind of getting his feet wet and seeing kind of where the interest was at with them. So, yeah, I, ho- I hope that Impact signs Shane Taylor. I think it'd be smart. I'm going to give a big motherfucking shout out. GCW is coming to the UK this weekend. And one match I know you're excited for. I'm excited for it, too. Cole Radrick against Joe Lando. Yeah. Let's go. Let's if you go. haven't seen it, uh, Jensen interviewed both men uh, the, yeah. the last time. What, what show? GCW in Atlanta. Right? Yeah, I think it was Hope to Die, I think was the show. Yeah. Uh, Joe Lando's awesome. I really loved your interview with him. And then I watched more of his stuff. He rules. We got to get him Incredible. like full interview. Oh, he already, on the spot. I just talked to him the other day. He want, he wants to come on the show soon. So we'll Sweet. be getting him. So yep. yeah, we're going to, we're going to definitely have to do, definitely have to do that. Uh, but yeah, he, Joe, Joe Lando rules, taking on pal Cole Radrick should be great. Bunch of other matches on this show. Excited for GCW in the UK, Jensen. Yep, I wish I could elaborate a little more because y'all, y'all know I got to clock in for the shoot job in a couple of minutes. But um, that is the match I wanted to like highlight the most anyway. So like, thank you for bringing that up. Uh, Cole Ryder and Joe Lando is going to be fucking off the chains. Like that, this, this that match is going to be so good. If y'all haven't seen Joe, I mean, a lot of y'all are going to be familiar with Cole because he's been a, a guest on the show. But if you don't know about Joe Lando yet, like he's I think he was twenty two years old. And he, his finishing move is a shooting star elbow drop off the top. I mean, this guy is so good. His his offense is so innovative. The way he counters moves, I've really never seen people do certain stuff that he is doing. <clears throat> and he's young and he's innovative. And his like his dream match is Will Ospreay. You know what I mean? Like that kind of puts it into perspective. Like if you've never seen Joe Lando, think about like a young, innovative Will Ospreay. Uh, and that's high praise. Like, I really think Lando is yeah. going to get to that kind of level. I really do. Like he's, cause he's just getting started and he's already so damn talented. And uh, yeah, shout out to, to uh, game changer wrestling. 
they're running, I think it's three shows um, in the UK. The first one starts in like a few hours. And then um, I think they have a Friday show and a Saturday show, but the time is going to be all weird because they're in the UK. So like today's show, I think starts at like two 30 in the afternoon. So just a heads up, if you want to check out some GCW, go over to fight TV and um, they got shows all weekend over in the UK and it's, it's, it's going to be awesome. And they're going to Japan soon too. So, I mean, they're like really globally expanding, which is, which is great to see for, uh, for fans of GCW like myself. Uh, so you just do a coffin match with the queen's coffin this weekend. I'm, I'm with it. Like I think that'd be hilarious. Oh no. Um, my indie spotlight is first wrestling running mall of America. Great to see wrestling back in Mall of America. We had Rob Van Dam teaming with Dante Martin in the main event as well against the Trustbusters. Van Dam can still go. Man. Yeah. I know like he doesn't want to work like a full-time schedule or anything, but that man's still in great shape. And it was cool seeing him team with Dante Martin, who you tell he has a lot of respect for. But Mall of America, I love when run venues like this. OVW used to run like Six Flags and stuff. Run yeah. these like cool aesthetic venues. Yeah. Oh, I totally agree. Especially being, you know, a lifelong fan of the Minnesota Vikings. You know, I've been to Minnesota quite a few times. I'm familiar with the Mall of America. Um, obviously, I'm a mark for WCW, the first ever Nitro. It was the same setup. So badass how they put that together. Shout out Eric Cannon, um, first wrestling. I mean, I hope they continue to go to that venue. Like, that'd be cool if they can make that a regular thing at the Mall of America. And also, it always makes me think about D2, the Mighty Ducks, when they're rounding up the ducks and they're skating through the Mall of America. Like, I always think about that when I see, like, an inside shot of the mall. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I think that it was cool as hell that they that they, that they they did the Mall of America. They called it Saturday Night Nitro, and I think they should keep calling it that. Like, run a Saturday Night Nitro, like, once every month or once every few months, whenever you're able to get that uh, get the space in the Mall of America. And they had a good turnout too. There was a lot of people there, a lot of fans, a lot of people that were probably just there at the mall that were like, what's going on over here? And like, they looked over and they were like, this is awesome. And they stuck around, you know, like, so yeah. If you haven't checked it out, uh, first wrestling, was that on, was that uh fight TV? I can't remember which platform. I think, that it was was fight, on. Yeah. I think it was on fight as well. I don't think it was IWTV. Um, so yeah, check out, um, check out first wrestling's, uh, Saturday, Saturday night nitro. It was, uh, as a, as a fan of WCW, it was really, it hit me in the nostalgia feels in the best way possible. And then you also get to see some of the best current day wrestlers of today and some of like kind of the past, like Rob Van Dam and stuff like so. Um, and then of course the Trust Busters being the main event, that makes sense. Davari is a Minnesota guy, you know, he, you know, so it's, I, I was very, very happy with how that show came off um, for, for, for first wrestling at the Mall of America. Oh, hope more companies decide to do things like that. I mean, aw what are we doing run mall of america run Hell minnesota yeah. run mall of america jensen i know you gotta run go ahead and plug everything all right y'all well first of all happy birthday jeremy once again hope you have Thanks. a great day and i am looking forward to seeing you at your wedding in a couple weeks um you can follow me on twitter fight talk underscore f-i-g-h-t-t-a-l-k underscore subscribe to fightfulselect.com and listen to the weekender every sunday talking the world of independent professional wrestling and a whole bunch of other stuff and uh, yeah, I got to go clock in for the shoot job. So I hope y'all have a good day. And once again, happy birthday, Jeremy. Thanks, buddy. I'm going to take the rest of the day off. I've uh, Everyone heard it. Sean Ross yes. App said I could have the rest of the day off. So enjoy. That's, that's what I'm going to do. Thanks, Jensen. Enjoy the rest of your day as well. Go get out of here. Oh, it's just me. All right. Uh, I'm going to wrap up. There is no creator spotlight this week because I decided all the attention should be on me for my birthday. And 
that's the story I'm going with. Anyway, uh, we will we'll be back next week with a regular show. Creator Spotlight will be back. Everything will hopefully be back on track with, with everything. Subscribe to FIFO Select. Support Steven Jensen with The Weekender and everything he does over there. Go to FIFOverbook.com. Check out all the shows we have going on over there. We just had New Jersey Dreamcast drop with Scotty Wrestling. We'll support him. Let's learn about the Joshio Tokyo scene. Just the Joshio Pro Wrestling scene, I guess, not Tokyo Joshio Pro. It covers stardom, covers all that stuff. Um, go support that. Go check that out. And yeah, I guess that's that's everything. Thank you guys for all the birthday wishes. Hope everybody has a great, great Thursday. And I guess that's it. So happy, yes, Tag Talk. Everyone go check out Tag Talk. Caden's promoting Tag Talk. Uh, everyone check that out with Kylie and Haley. They do a tremendous job. That show. Go watch Strong Style with Cher and Joel as Cher comments on the fashion at AEW All Out, which is a, a great show and great concept. So everyone go watch Strong Style with, with Cher. Joel's there, I guess, but everyone's there to see share uh and fmc my weekly non-wrestling chat with uh with sp3 so all right guys enjoy the rest of your day thank you for tuning into the spotlight i've been jeremy lambert steven jensen bye everyone everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist fitting into their schedule and of course the cost well better help can solve those problems it's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.